Welcome to Solder Smoke, a podcast about homebrew electronics and amateur radio. This is a program for people who like to melt solder and build their own rigs. For other episodes of the program, go to www.soldersmoke.com. For the latest Solder Smoke news, go to soldersmoke.blogspot.com. Please send feedback to n2cqr at yahoo.com. So, as we step away from our soldering irons and oscilloscopes, please join us for another edition of Solder Smoke. All right, guys, good morning. It's Friday, the 3rd of December, 2010. That makes this Solder Smoke 128. Going to open up with some travel log. I know you're in, you know you're used to uh, Italian travel log. This is uh, some USA travel log. Did some traveling over the Thanksgiving Day weekend. Got together with my uh, siblings and my mom down in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. None of us are from Williamsburg, Virginia, but it just turned out that that was a convenient location to get everybody together. And so off we went. It's about a two and a half hour drive from where we are. And we hit the road uh, on Thanksgiving week, went down there, and then from there we went to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, where my sister has a place, and uh, had Thanksgiving dinner pretty much on the beach. Very nice, great to see everybody, but from the NAC perspective, the highlight of the trip to Kitty Hawk was, of course, visit to the Wright Brothers site. I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you guys have been there, if you're in the neighborhood, definitely stop by. There's a uh, national park there run by the the, uh, the National Park Service um, at the site where the Wrights did their historic first flight. And um, I really enjoyed visiting it. It's, uh, it's simple, kind of open space, but they have it really, it's really well done. They have a nice little museum there with a replica of the Wright Flyer. They give a nice presentation on how the, how the machine works. But it was just really interesting to see exactly where they took off from and how far they went on the first four flights. And they, I have a picture of this up on the uh, soldersmoke.blogspot.com page, so you can see a little bit there. But you, you could see where they had the little monorail and where, where they took off. And they have a reproduction of the workshop that they, uh, that they set up. The first three flights are, are pretty short. The fourth one goes, I guess, a little bit over 800 feet, and they were in the air for 59 seconds on that fourth flight. So on that fourth one, at least, you really get the sense that, wow, they were really up there, and they were they were making it happen with controlled flight. And, uh, you know, as I went through the place, I found myself wondering why they came all the way from their home in Ohio out to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. It's it's a bit of a trip. It's 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 not an easy place to get to, even today. If, um, those of you who are unfamiliar with the uh, with the geography should take a look at a map. But the Outer Banks really are the Outer Banks. It's a uh, it's a a barrier, a string of barrier islands, long barrier islands off the coast of North Carolina. They go they go out to a place called Cape Hatteras, and uh, uh, the place where the Wright brothers did their flight. Um, Kitty Hawk, now uh, pretty close to the little town of Kill Devil Hills, uh, is really out there and uh, must have been very difficult to get to uh, in 1903, 1904, 1905. Now, I wondered why they went to all the trouble to go out there to do their tests. I, I was thinking 
wouldn't they have been able to find an open field with uh, relatively soft ground out there in Ohio? And I thought about it for a while, and a number of other people had the same question. Apparently the Wrights, when they started this whole thing, wrote to the, uh, the government authorities and specified some conditions that they were looking for. And one of the things they were looking for was steady, steady wind. And it, I, I realized that the, real, the reason that they, they chose, the reason they went to the beach was because their, um, while their, their big achievement was with powered flight, all their, or most of their experiments before were with gliders. So they were working on the design of the aircraft in glider mode. And of course, there you need some, uh, some good hills and you need some good wind. And, and uh, apparently the, uh, the Outer Banks area were just the thing for that. I guess it was a good decision. It all worked out. Up they went. Anyway, I, uh, I was inspired by the Wright brothers. I've uh, been doing some reading on them, and I have a little model of the Wright Flyer here kind of hanging from the ceiling in the uh, Northern Virginia shack. Inspirational stuff. The Wright brothers definitely had the knack, and uh, it was a lot of fun going out and seeing the, uh, the place where they made the historic first flight. Okay, what else is going on here? Well, winter is, uh, is upon us here in Northern Virginia, but uh, I managed to get out and do some antenna work before the winter turned cold. Um, on Veterans Day, we had the day off here in the United States, and that was uh, in mid-November, and out, out I was in the backyard putting up dipole antennas in, uh, in the trees out there in the backyard. We had a beautiful day on Veterans Day. I had the solar panels out collecting photons, I don't really like antenna work. I think there are guys who really uh, thrive on antenna work. I am more of a inside workbench, um, melting solder kind of guy. I'll do the antenna work when I have to, but I'm not really enthusiastic about it. I, I'm not crazy about heights, so <laughs> I don't. I don't like to get up on the roof there and risk a, a life and limb for uh, for the sake of getting a a better radiator up in the air. But um, I found myself doing the old ritual of taking the string and tying it to something and throwing it up into the tree. Hey, I discovered something. You know, when I was a kid, I I used to tie the uh, I used to find a rock and then tie the string to the rock and then throw the rock up in the tree. And of course, the rock would separate from the string, and then I'd end up with the string halfway up in the tree, and it was a real mess. But somehow, we we always seem to continue to do this. I mean, and and I, I found myself out there in the backyard with a with a roll of string in my hand and the the wire for the the dipole in the other wondering how I was going to get that wire for the dipole up in the up in the tree we had some guys here not long ago doing some work on the trees and I watched how they got their lines over the tree branches and they you know it, it wasn't too far removed from tying the string to a rock but they had a fancy little kind of um, little bag with um, like BBs or something in there kind of kind of soft and they tied the um, the rope. They had the rope tied to this uh, perfectly weighted little bag of BBs, and they flipped it up into the tree, and it seemed to to work just right. So I I came up with my own version of this, and it may be useful to some of you who are going to be throwing ropes up into trees. I got one of these little Ziploc sandwich bags in the kitchen. It's kind of a a strong bag, and it's got the little Ziploc tie on there, and yeah, you. Know, you it's used for uh, 
keeping sandwiches fresh, as the name would indicate. <laughs> anyway, I uh, put some kind of, I had some Play-Doh, some, um, I think it's like they call it plasticine or something like that. And I put a sufficiently large hunk in there. And uh, then I tie the string around the, uh, the neck and the, the ziplock portion keeps the rope from, from sliding off. I don't know if I'm painted a good word picture of this thing. But anyway, it, it resulted in a pretty good weight and um, just the right weight. And I took it and threw it over the branches and up went the antennas. I have now a 40-meter uh, a dipole up in the air. And I'm using it, um, well, on 40 meters sometimes with the HW8. But uh, I've also hooked it up out of necessity to my um, whisper rig, the uh, weak signal propagation reporting system, uh, beacon system that we've been talking about. And that seems to be doing pretty well. My little uh, beacon whisper transmitter is, uh, is going just fine. Now, a very kind uh, a ham KB3SII who is moving out of the D.C. area, uh, sent me a, a really neat fan dipole and it covers 80, 40, 30, 20, and 17 and uh, I'm waiting for the for the opportunity and uh, I'm trying to select a good branch to get all those all those dipoles up in the air with one piece of coax attached. Thanks very much uh, for sending that along. Very, very, very nice. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Oh uh, yeah, I mentioned the um, the whisper system. You know, when I was in Rome, the last rig that I worked in worked on, my last building project in Rome, was a homebrew. Um, how could I describe this? Um, I wanted to build a transmitter for 30 meters. That, oh, actually, a transceiver for 30 meters, or a transmitter receiver for 30 meters, that I could use for whisper. That would allow me to to receive and transmit whisper signals, but I was also thinking that it might be nice to have something that I could also use for some of the other digital modes that are sort of close in frequency to the whisper portion of the band on 30. And I'm thinking here of a, a PSK31 on the uh, Linux Ubuntu uh, software. There's some really nice uh, digital software called FL Digi. Fast Light Digital, and uh, it allows you to use RTTY and PSK31. I think it has CW in there. Really nice piece of software. Well, anyway, I had a whole bunch of parts sitting around, I, uh, little bits and pieces of design, and uh, what I ended up building was, uh, on the receive side, it's a direct conversion receiver using an SBL1 a diode ring mixer uh, as the core element. On the transmit side, it's a um, double sideband transmitter, and there I use uh, just two simple diodes as the mixer. The only common element, well, there are two common elements in the rig. One is the uh, very simple oscillator. I think it's a little Culp Culpitz oscillator running at the operating frequency. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, operating pretty much at the operating frequency. And I also have the, the audio amplifier in common use. Uh, on transmit, the audio amplifier takes the audio from the computer and um, brings it up to a level sufficient to drive 
the audio port of the uh, the transmit mixer and on receive the um, audio amplifier um, just takes the audio output from the SBL1 diode ring and uh, boosts it up to sufficient level to drive the uh, to drive the computer sound card for uh, where where all the uh, the digital magic and the signal processing takes place. Anyway, I got this thing together in uh, in Rome, and I actually used it to transmit and receive. I never made a, a PSK31 contact with it yet, but it did and does receive and transmit a whisper signal. So we got that one going, and I've been having some some fun with that. Um, it's running right now, and one of my problems is just keeping it, keep it to make keeping it on frequency. Uh, I need to stabilize the oscillator a little bit, but it's okay. Some days I have it, I have it running to the 40 meter dipole, and I have my old uh, visual Da Vinci Code um, Hans Summers QRSS transmitter uh, running to just an NFED wire. So I'm I'm going. Uh, it's Beacon Madness here, guys. It's uh, Whisper and uh, QRSS. MEPT visual simultaneously from the uh, from the solder smoke QTH. That's what's going on right now. It's dark here. It's early in the morning, so I don't know if the bands are open. But if anybody is checking, you could probably see my uh, my shark fin MEPT pattern on the air right now. And uh, you would, if you went over to the Whisper system, if everything is lined up properly and the radio gods are in agreement. You could you could probably detect my uh, my QR my my whisper signal also, so having a lot of fun with this and uh, hope to to move into the uh, PSK31 mode here and maybe actually make some some two-way digital uh, QSOs. Hey, I mentioned the uh, the grabber, and I had um, some really nice uh, correspondence with W4HBK. He's got a really awesome uh, grabber called the Pensacola Snapper. <laughs> down there in Pensacola, uh, Florida. And um, I, I, got, I put some information about him and his ham radio activities up on the, uh, on the soldersmoke.blogspot.com page. He gave me a very nice response and, and explained why it seems to me that I, I have a sort of a pipeline into Pensacola. There's a number of other grabbers up there that, that routinely get my, um, my weak little 20, millib 20 milliwatt signal. But W4HBK seems to get it more consistently than anybody else. He also, his grabber also seems to have uh, the, the largest number of signals uh, on the uh, in the grabber in the grabber world. Um, and he explains that he's got a really good location. He's out on a on a peninsula in uh, in the bay near uh, near Pensacola, and he's got a a very tall, very high up in the trees dipole away from a lot of noise sources. So uh, Congratulations to W4HBK for the uh, for the awesome grabber. If you guys want more information, you could check it out. And um, some of the other grabbers I've been using are W1BW up there in New England and uh, uh, VE3VDM, the uh, the big ears grabber. And if you if you do if you do web searches, you could find these uh, these all very easily. Uh, it's 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 fun to just take a look and see what's what signals they're picking up. Um, Speaking of QRSS, I, I have noticed 
that um, there's a lot of signals both in Europe and here in North America. If you look at the grabbers, um, there are far more signals in the uh, QRSS portion of the band than than ever before. And I think this results from the, the kits that uh, Hans Summers brought to the Dayton Hamvention and to the kits that Hans has been been distributing. And I, I just say three cheers again for uh, for Hans Summers for uh, for bringing so many new people into the amazing and fascinating world of, of QRSS. It's uh, that's great. You really do notice it because it used to be that the uh, you'd look at these grabbers and you'd see very few signals. Now you look at the grabbers and there's there's almost not enough space for another one, even though the signals are all taken up of you know one, two, three, maybe five hertz. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, a lot of fun and uh, and great work, hands for. Uh, for getting those kits out there, and, and thanks to all the guys who run the grabbers that allow us uh, to see them. I um, on the uh, on the blog, I, I came across something that really cracked me up, and it was um, a poster for the uh, iFix from the iFixit.com people, and it was uh, kind of a manifesto for people who want to repair their own gear. And it says, it opens up, it's the, uh, it's the self-repair manifesto. It opens up, we hold these truths self-evident. Let me read you from some of this thing as I turn here to the, uh, to the manifesto. Uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Repair is better than recycling. Repair saves the planet. Repair saves you money. Repair teaches engineering. If you can't fix it, you don't own it. It says here, Repair connects you with your things. Repair empowers and emboldens individuals. Repair transforms consumers into contributors. Repair inspires pride and ownership. Here's an important one, guys. Repair injects soul and makes it unique. Repair is independence. Repair requires creativity. Repair is green. Repair is joyful. Repair is necessary for understanding our things. Repair saves money and resources. We have the right to open and repair our things without voiding the warranty. To devices that can be opened. To error codes and wiring diagrams. To troubleshooting instructions and flowcharts. To repair documentation for everything. To choose our own repair technician. Well, I don't know about that. We should do it ourselves. To remove the do not remove stickers. <laughs> and it goes on. Anyway, I, I, they, they offered a, uh, a free poster. I got mine. It's up here in the shack. And I am I'm with them. So uh, that was that was kind of fun. Um, been doing some astronomy. Uh, been out there um, looking at Jupiter with the Orion uh six-inch reflector. My uh, my older telescope, the four-and-a-half-inch reflector, has also arrived. I'm using that also. And I found a very cool, uh, very useful sky and telescope program for uh, monitoring the moons of Jupiter. And it gives you a real-time display of where the moons are around Jupiter, the four Galilean moons. And uh, so you, you could watch them and you could even see when they're going to be going into eclipse, when they're going to be going across the face of Jupiter, casting a shadow. Fun stuff. Um, we're waiting for Saturn. 
Saturn is starting to show up in the early morning skies. As a matter of fact, in a few minutes when I finish up here, I might step out to see if I could spot Saturn. So we've got we've had some some astronomy going. The the shack is taking shape. It's uh, it's pretty much in shape. I've got everything in here. The old boat anchors are off in the corner. I um, I'm thinking about firing up my HT37, <laughs> but it's so big and heavy, I might have to reinforce the uh, the operating table. Um, and I have all the the old boat anchor radios on a on a separate bench uh, behind me. Like I mentioned, I was on the air with the HW8. I had my first uh, QSO from Northern Virginia. It was with K1AF on 40 meter CW. But you know, I don't know. Sometimes you're in the mood for CW, and sometimes you're not. And lately, I don't feel like I'm in the mood for CW. Uh, so, so I got to get some of the phone rigs going. Um, and like I said, the the digital experiments have been taking up a lot of a lot of time here but I gotta get something with a microphone attached to it because as I've admitted many times and I know this is a bit scandalous but I am basically a, uh, a phone operator AM single sideband I got into this game because I wanted to talk on the radio and uh, I'm you know I, li I enjoy CW I can can chug along at about 20 words a minute but uh, I don't know, just every once in a while I, I kind of fall out of the mood for CW and I that's where I am now. So also when I when, when I get on the HW8, I it's a real battle for me to fight the tendency to transmit my call sign as I0 stroke N2CQR. <laughs> I think I did that a couple of times and it might have surprised people. They thought there was a band opening or something. Hey, uh, another thing I found and I I, I found this through a visit to the uh, really useful spaceweather.com site a um, they during the uh, Leonids meteor storm they they put up a, um, a, a a live audio feed from the station of N4IP in Georgia and what N4IP does this is I thought really interesting uh, out there I guess it's out in New Mexico someplace. I probably have the location wrong, but somewhere out there in the West, the U.S. Air Force operates what they call a radar fence. And on uh, 231 megahertz or something like that, they're continuously transmitting a really powerful uh, CW signal pretty much straight up. And um, they use this and they watch for um, reflections from this signal I think somebody, uh, somewhere along the line, I read this may be the, the strongest uh, CW signal, and it's not CW in our sense, I guess the strongest continuous kind of key down signal uh, on the planet. Um, anyway, I'm sure that's subject to some interpretation, depends on what you mean by CW, depends on what you mean, I, I don't know, I'm sure some of the TV transmitters are stronger than that. Uh, but anyway... Uh, it's real strong. It's on on VHF, and uh, you can you can listen for the pings from this thing on your own. And that's what uh, N4IP has done. He has antennas that he kind of aims up into the sky, and if something flies through the radar fence, he can pick up the uh, the reflection. And during meteor storms, you can hear the meteor pings as the uh, little pieces of rock fly through the uh, through the radar fence and create 
a, a reflection. I thought that was kind of neat. I mean, I go out in the morning a lot, and I'm listening and looking for, uh, I'm not listening, but looking for, for meteors, and my neck gets sore, and I get cold, and I get tired, and I come in, and I, I don't often see one. But now, gentlemen, in the, in the comfort of your ham shack, you can sit there and listen for meteor pings. Billy and I did it uh, on a recent morning, and I, uh, I said, man, i got to share this with the solder smoke guys. So here we go. I'm going to play just a, a minute or so of the audio from N4IP's receiver. And early on, you'll hear the little ping. And the ping is a meteor entering the Earth's atmosphere somewhere above the radar fence. And uh, N4IP in Georgia has picked up the, uh, the little... The little uh, the, uh, the, the, the reflection. So here you go. Listen carefully and you'll hear a meteor radio ping. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks to the guys at spaceweather.com, an excellent site, and thanks to N4IP for, for that. It's, it's really interesting technology, and I think on the, on the soldersmoke.blog page I have some more details. If not, I'll get some, some more onto the page. I know you guys would be interested in this kind of thing. Um, oh, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 we've got to talk a little bit about uh, linguistics and, you know, the whole, you know, um, you know, what is it, two peoples divided by a common language or something like that. Yeah, the, uh, the British English and the American English. When I put up the thing about the, um, the, um, the, the I Fix It Manifesto, I had to come up with my own sort of snappy title for the blog entries and for the blog entry, and you know they they're they're very much in the um, revolutionary mode, and they've got the, their symbol is uh, kind of a clenched fist holding a uh, a wrench. <laughs> All right, so I got got into the theme here, and I came up with a headline for my uh, blog entry. I thought hackers of the world unite. Well, we're not. I guess we're hackers, but, you know, hackers has different connotations. It was all based on Marx, you know, workers of the world unite. So I started thinking, workers of the world unite, hackers of the world unite. We've got the knack. So I came up with knackers of the world unite. And I put it on there immediately. Immediately, the emails started coming in. I'm not going to say pouring in, but but coming in from from the United Kingdom. And uh, several friends reminded me that in... uh, the British lexicon, knackers, can mean many, well, several different things. If you're really tired, you could say, I'm totally knackered. If a piece of equipment is really messed up, and I guess in the States would say, um, foobar. <laughs> and you, okay, I'll, I don't know if our British cousins know what what FUBAR stands for, but this is an acronym, and as Americans, we're really into acronyms, but it stands for, well, I won't tell you what the first two letters stand for. The last three are beyond all recognition. Uh, You can figure out what the first two letters of FUBAR stands for. Um, This is, after all, a family show. But um, the the third connotation for for knackers, it's anatomical, and... uh, well, again, it's a family show, and uh, it's plural. It has to do with the male anatomy. You guys get my drift here. Knackers. 
So uh, I think my, my headline, Knackers of the World Unite, generated some confusion and, and some uh, chuckles over there in the United Kingdom. Sorry, guys, it just sort of fit. And uh, so I went with it. And uh, <laughs> there you go. There's a story behind Knackers of the World Unite. Um, let's see what else we go on. I guess sort of in a similar kind of artistic vein here. Um, uh, I got a I got a nice package from Jeff K1NSS. Uh, Jeff is the author of a number of really wonderful books. Um, he's a an artist, and these I guess you can't really call them. I guess they're sort of comic books, more like graphic novels. His main character is Dash, the dog-faced ham. And he sent me a couple of these, and uh, we really got a kick out of them. Really well done. Thanks very much, Jeff. Uh, Billy picked up the one about the uh, uh, Sky Buddies. It's called Sky Buddies, and it's about when uh, Dash, the dog-faced ham, goes off to uh, high school and middle school. Billy's in middle school, so he could really relate, and he got a kick out of it, and, and so did I. Um, Jeff tells me that He's got the idea, I'm not quite sure of the details, but apparently the, the next issue or one of the upcoming issues of the uh, Dash the Dog-Faced Ham theory, uh, series will in some way use yours truly as a, as a character. I think the idea is that Dash is going to grow up and become a uh, globe-trotting diplomat and uh, amateur radio operator. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not the only one in this business. There's a lot of uh, other uh, hams who've gone into the, uh, the diplomacy game and have been on the kind of permanent de-expedition that I've been on. Uh, Fred Lau, um, uh, was famous, was in the Dominican Republic. He's mentioned in Solder Smoke the Book, many other people, and uh, some currently in, the, uh, in this job right now correspond with me. So, uh, but I, I think I will be the uh, the model here, and uh, I don't know whether it's um, I don't know whether it's a it, it's it's an honor or, or or an insult to be the the model for the next edition of Dash the Dog Faced Ham. I, <laughs> but I'll take it as as an honor, uh, Jeff, and I'm looking forward to the edition of that. Hey, uh, AL7 RV sent me a really nice package. He sent me a KA7 EXM. Cascode IF amplifier kit, very cool. Uh, that's that's Roger Haywood's uh, kit. Thanks very much for sending that along, old oh, man. We'll be putting it together. I'll keep you posted on on what's happening. Thanks, Jim. Uh, very nice of you. Um, let's see. I've got a. It's kind of a grab bag thing. All right, we got a movie review. We don't do too many movie reviews here, but uh, we went out and we saw the movie about the Facebook thing. You know, the Facebook movie, Social Network. And uh, we give it four soldering irons. You know, we, you know, they give stars. We give soldering irons. We give uh, social network rates four soldering irons, five being the max. It, it was uh, kind of sort of technically interesting. It could have had more technical content. It was, I guess, there was more emphasis on the social than on the network, but it was fun nonetheless. And it kind of captured the excitement of doing something new in the, uh, in the technological world, albeit on the uh, the internet side so um, we liked it it was actually I think it was kinda good for Billy and Maria to see because it was a bit inspiring it showed you what uh, what life is like on the uh, 
on the technological uh, business uh, fast lane there in uh, in Harvard and places like that. So uh, uh, it was good for the kids to see, and uh, we enjoyed the movie. So four, four soldering irons and a big thumbs up for Social Network. I think you guys would like it. Uh, another review here, we've, we've been talking about the uh, about Ubuntu, and I have on the other computer the uh, the latest version of, uh, of Ubuntu, a Karmic Koala, and I must say I'm very impressed. It's, it's working very, very nicely. <laughs> One of my favorite features, this is kind of silly, <laughs> but I really like the screensavers. They've got a, an amazing collection of screensavers. I mentioned the one that I like. If you guys are looking for it, it's called Skyrocket. It's a, it's like a permanent um, fireworks display on your screen. Sometimes I find myself just sitting here drifting off looking at the fireworks display. <laughs> so uh, I think you guys would like the Skyrocket. Um, here's another thing I discovered, and this this is really, really useful. This is not silly. You know, one of my one of one of the problems that I have here because all my uh, all my Windows computers have died, and because uh, nobody has has followed through on promises to send me uh, replacement software. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> the uh, I'm 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 forced to use I'm forced to use Linux only here, and one of the problems is that I've I'm a, I'm a big fan of LT Spice. I was running LT Spice on the Windows computers, and I said, "Man, I'm gonna never. How am I gonna? There's no, there's no Ubuntu Linux version of LT Spice out there." But in a moment of of madness here, I said, "Well, let me see if I can actually run LT Spice under Wine. Wine is the program that allows you to run Windows programs using Linux." And I had my doubts. I said, man, this is never going to work right. This is going to be a lot of software heartache and a lot of error codes and a lot of crashing of the system. But no, let me tell you guys, at least with Karmic Koala, LT Spice under Wine works works really well. So I'm really pleased I've got LT Spice operating. Um, Roberto down there in Guadalajara sent me a question about how to make a transformer in LT Spice. I've been delayed in getting back to him only because I haven't had LT Spice working here and I couldn't remember how to do it. But I'll be getting back to you on that, Robert, Roberto. It's not uh, it's not too difficult. But uh, good news, LT Spice works just fine under wine. Kind of rhymes too, you know. Let me see. Look at my list. What else am I uh, failing to mention here? Let's see. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. This is time for a word from our sponsors. And our sponsors here, I guess, are Lulu. Although the company's not actually sponsoring it, I'm trying to sell stuff on Lulu. <laughs> you know, you guys should, uh, Christmas is a coming. It's not too late to, to get your order in. And I've been telling people that it's not just solder smoke that you should be thinking about. Um, there are a number of other ham radio books available. I've got links to all of them on the soldersmoke.blogspot.com page. Anyway, you can buy all the Carl and Jerry books, the old Carl and Jerry uh, cartoons. I've mentioned uh, uh, Jeff K1NSS's books uh, about Dash the Dogface Ham. Um, he's also got another book called Lid Kids and Space Cadets. Uh, it would be very interesting to you, especially the Boat Anchors family, uh, Boat, Boat Anchors fans. 
And finally, uh, G3 ROO's antenna book is also available. I have the links to all these books. You can order them from uh, from Lulu, and uh, you'll you'll have a lot of fun with them. You can save on shipping costs. Put them all in one package. Uh, don't delay, guys. Christmas is coming. Put this order in, and then and then tell your tell your wife that she's she's already taking care of your Christmas presents. These are all you need. You know you don't you don't want ties. You don't want uh, new pairs of socks. You need knack related literature, and Lulu is the place that you can get it. Um, if any of you liked uh, Sutter Smoke, the book, you might also like the other book that I have on there, uh, Contra Cross. And here's something. Guys have been asking me about whether we're going to put Contra Cross up in digital form. I'm thinking about it. I'm working on it. It's not as easy as it seems. But I have the other book, uh, Contra Cross, available as a download through Lulu and for your Kindle. Uh, Contra Cross has been Kindleized, and if you go to the Amazon uh, digital store, uh, the Amazon Lulu section, I'm, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> no, no, the Amazon Kindle section, you can uh, you can find uh, Contra Cross by yours truly, and get it for your Kindle. And so, uh, you get, some of you guys might find that interesting. I warn you, it has nothing to do with radio, but uh, People were asking about uh, books on Kindle, and so that one is is on Kindle. You can also get it as a straight uh, PDF uh, download from Lulu. And like I said, we're uh, we're kicking around the ideas of uh, possibly putting Solder Smoke in uh, in digital form. Stay, stay tuned for more on that in the in the in the new year. Um, let's see. Oh, something recently placed on the blog. And I, I was really pleased with the uh, the response to this. Uh, as a, a colleague at work, a friend of mine is uh, also interested in uh, knack related stuff, and we've been talking quite a bit because he's getting uh, he, he's getting a, uh, a telescope for his daughters for uh, for Christmas, and I was advising him on what a telescope to get. So we started talking about the knack and. Uh, and uh, scientific interest and amateur science, and he passed to me an article by uh, an uh, by an author well known to to all of us, Forrest Mims. Forrest is uh, an amazing guy. Uh, played a role in the uh, the computer revolution. is is mentioned uh, prominently in the book about uh, Silicon Valley, Fire in the Valley, and uh, most of us uh, became aware of uh, Forrest's work. Uh, through the, the 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 excellent series of books that he wrote for for Radio Shack, I have all of them on the shelf here. Those little engineering notebooks on the on the kind of the graph paper. You know what I'm talking about. Wonderful author with a real skill for uh, explaining uh, technical things. Um, and uh, my colleague passed me an article about written by Forrest about uh, amateur science. You know, we're we're I guess here in the NAC we're mostly interested in amateur. Uh, engineering, <laughs> amateur technology, uh, Forrest takes this uh, up a step and uses his knack skills to actually conduct uh, useful science. And uh, the article was about his um, ozone detector. He figured out a way to build uh, small machines, sort of book-sized machines, using parts from Radio Shack. And with these devices, he could accurately measure the amount of ozone in the air column above the, the machine. It, uh, it uses um, 
uh, measurements of, of UV radiation and he developed a very simple device that was uh, and is uh, very accurate and provides useful measures of the amount of ozone in the atmosphere and the story describes how he using these devices noticed that one of NASA's satellites a multi-million dollar uh, machine designed to make the same kind of measurements seemed to be drifting off and he, he brought the results to NASA and they said no no it must be your machine it couldn't possibly be our machine and it turned out that uh, Forrest's uh, device produced with Radio Shack parts in his home lab was producing more accurate results than the uh, the NASA satellite so <laughs> go knackers knackers of the world unite <laughs> Anyway, I put a picture of, of Forrest up on the, uh, the Blogspot page, and I put links to these, uh, these articles, this article and to other articles about Forrest's uh, scientific work up on the Blogspot page. And uh, it got a good response. Somebody wrote in and said, wow, this guy, this guy is the Indiana Jones of the knack. But the most uh, gratifying response came from Forrest himself, who put, uh, a very nice comment up there on the soldersmoke.blogspot.com page. So uh, I haven't been able to get back to him because we've got some annoying ISP problems here. But um, I hope Forrest listens to this uh, podcast. And, and three cheers for Forrest Mims, homebrew hero. Hey, um, uh, anyway, so uh, thanks, thanks, Forrest, for, for that comment. Let's see gentlemen that brings us to the time it's now time for yes solder smoke mailbag here it comes solder smoke mailbag indeed all right uh, solder smoke mailbag a lot of mail a lot of mail this week good stuff here let's start out let me see ah Michael AA1TJ, the poet laureate of QRP, the hero of the Hobbit Hole, the man on the mountain, has uh, launched a new project. He's uh, running a rig now that he calls Solidarity, and he's, it has that name because it has in it both uh, tubes both from the east and from the west, both from Russia and from the United States. Uh, Solidarity, I'm sure, is running a ridiculously low uh, level of power and probably uh, working the world uh, with ease. Uh, glad to hear about that, Michael. Um, he, in his uh, email about this rig, admits to having made one Citizens Band contact in his life as a kid. <laughs> we, we're not going to hold this against you, Michael. We're not going to talk bad about you. We're not going to call you a, a CB or anything like that. Not that that's a bad thing. Many of us uh, came to the hobby via that path but uh, anyway it was sort of accidental because he was playing with 100 milliwatt uh, walkie-talkies with his brother and suddenly uh, a CB or broke in and that accounts for Michael's one uh, CB contact he has contributed more um, what I'm now calling QR poetry from the mountaintop and um, I have posted that on the soldersmoke.blogspot.com uh, blog page. I think you guys will enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, 
Adrian, Papa Alpha Zero, Radio Delta Alpha, noticed some uh, strange changes in audio quality during Solder Smoke 127. Adrian, you've got a very sharp ear. I was indeed experimenting with uh, different filters. I probably should have done it not using the actual recording of Solder Smoke 127, but I think it, uh, it yielded good results because I've settled on a kind of modified um, kind of filter uh, using the electronic EQ in, in Audacity. Um, they have in Audacity a filter called AM Radio that of course I found very uh, attractive. I modified it a bit and allowed the this filter to include the highs so um, that's what you guys are listening to, listening me to through at this point. Uh, thanks for the mail there Adrian. Uh, Joff, KD9EEG uh, sends uh, an article and a photo about a 1909 hacker kid. This uh, <laughs> this little kid in 1909 who had taught himself the code and become the youngest telegraph operator. I'll I'll have to try to get that one up on the uh, on the blogspot page. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Mikey at WB8ICN uh, sends some really great quotes from from Richard Feynman and uh, was asking for help in purchasing. Uh, George Gamow's book, Gravity, the one that I've been talking to you about, about calculus. Anyway, I, I sent it along. Uh, Gamow's book is, I found out, available on Amazon.com for uh, the princely sum of $1. Uh, get them. They're out there, guys. Great email from my friend Jim, AL7RV. Um, Jim is a, a frequent contributor, and he, he frequently sends me uh, uh, boxes of parts and great stuff comes in the mail. I was going through a care package that Jim sent me just before I left Rome, just organizing it. What a great bunch of parts. Thanks very much, Jim. You're going to keep the uh, the projects going here in Northern Virginia for quite some time. Jim's building a paraset, and he, he says that uh, he's getting assistance from across the pond from G3YVF and G3VTT, both from the Invicta uh, Radio Club. He needed help building a 300-volt solid-state vibrator power supply, and he had a transformer that needed some rewinding. Uh, Manfred in Chile, XQ2FOD, has an amazing website that showed Jim exactly how to do this thing. The transformer was rewound, and, uh, and uh, all is well with the 300-volt uh, solid-state vibrator power supply. Now, perhaps more important, in this was the discovery of Manfred's amazing website. His call sign is X-Ray Quebec 2 Foxtrot Oscar Delta and uh, <clears throat> he has a website that he calls Homo Ludens you know like Homo Sapiens, uh, Homo Erectus, Homo Ludens and this basically translates as um, Hobby Man <laughs> And he's got various subspecies of Homo Ludens listed on his site. I have a link to uh, his ham, the, the ham radio portion of his site. I have a link up on the Blogspot page. But look at the comments section there, because uh, Steve uh, Stort Rosen Smith out there in California has uh, sent in a link to Manfred's personal history page. You really got to read this. This guy has the most serious case of the knack I have ever encountered. I mean, I must say, this guy is a real a genius who has dedicated himself from a very early age 
to electronic excellence and you'll see the rigs that he built as a, as an adolescent and as a teenager and his descriptions of them the the obvious um, love that he feels for his electronic creations really comes through on the page I'm telling you guys it's worth it spend spend 15 or 20 meet, 20 minutes read Manfred's story he has excellent pictures there and uh, the uh, like I said the link to his ham radio page is on the blog spot and if you look into the comments Steve Smith has provided the link to his personal bio page congratulations Manfred you are a homebrew hero an electronic wizard and uh, and an inspiration to us all and uh, thanks to Jim AL7RV for um, for alerting us to Manfred's work and and again Jim a personal thanks for all the uh, the care packages um, Pierre ON5SL reports seeing my uh, 20 meter uh, QRSS shark pattern in Europe I, I commented to Pierre that the shark obviously wanted to return to European waters um, thanks for the report Pierre uh, Scott Haley in Tulsa I think one of our earliest earliest listeners reports uh, on a fellow who is uh, building a homebrew planetarium quite a job and uh, apparently with great success thanks for that Scott uh, Mike KC7IT sent us a really <laughs> the word he used was was sweet and that's the best word that to capture it uh, uh, some quotes that that came to Mike and the world via national public radio and uh, it's, it was an interview with somebody about about Twitter and the uh, the person was um, was remembering his, his his early days as a as a ham radio operator as a kid and how ham radio helped him overcome some of the uh, the loneliness of, of of adolescence in high school but uh, the way he put it was really nice and I, I put an excerpt up on the uh, soldersmoke.blogspot.com page check it out I think you guys will really like it uh, let's see what else we have here uh, Jim WA8 Zulu Hotel November uh, he he, uh, he wrote in he's enjoying uh, Solder Smoke the blog he particularly enjoyed hearing about the DX100s ah you know the DX100s I was I was out looking for them on eBay not too many out there guys I don't know they, be, they may become uh, more uh, they may become rarer than, than Drake 2Bs I see, see a few Drake 2Bs out there they're pricey and I think that may be uh, Solder Smoke's fault, but uh, not too many DX100s out there. So I'm going to keep my eye open for, for the big quintessential boat anchor. Uh, Jesse, DA6RSN, writes from Bavaria. He shares my pain regarding moving. He's going through the same thing. He's soon going to be relocated, I suspect, by Uncle Sam from, uh, from Bavaria to San Antonio, Texas. Um, and he sent along a nice link to... Uh, uh, a robot electronics robotic question and answer page a good forum where people in the robotics area can ask questions about electronics very interesting thanks for that uh, Jesse uh, Don K9 K uh, Kilo Alpha 9 Quebec Juliet Golf sends along a nice page about uh, the Museum of Radio and Technology uh, on a similar note um, Dave G6AJW sent along uh, an amazing page, Tom Glover's radio site. And I, I had to put a link up because when I opened up this site, there's this picture from 1925. 
of eight little kids. They look like they're about 11 or 12 years old, eight little boys with these fantastic radios that they all built. And they've got, they've all, they all have the high impedance headphones kind of, kind of look like kind of glued to their ears. <laughs> and they all have this steely look of determination and pride in having having built these radios they're fantastic looking radios and uh, I just I had to put this picture up on the site and I put a link to Tom Glover's um, radio site check it out I think you guys will really enjoy it um, let's see what do we have here uh, Mike uh, WA6ARA a frequent uh, frequent contributor helped me out uh, last year with the um, radio control model airplane he comes up with a recommendation for a plane that he thinks will keep uh, Billy and I out of the uh, desperation zone <laughs> this one is from the same company hobby zone but it's the champ radio controlled airplane maybe we should have tried we should have started out with the champ because the other the one we started out with uh, well it, it, it had design problems I think in addition to the to the obvious operator problems that we, we discussed back then thanks for that Mike uh, Neil G7AQK uh, sends us the story of a guy uh, experimenting with uh, the transmission of signals via injecting audio frequencies into ground rods. Uh, I'll, I'll have to think about this. Uh, the guy's name is Nathan B. Stubblefield. <laughs> Sounds kind of kind of appropriate there with the way he was trying to send signals. I have to think about this one, Neil. This might be a bit too far. This might be a knack too far for us. I'm not sure. Thanks for sending it along. Uh, Phil, N1DN. Uh, this is a nice story. Uh, Phil was, was up in, uh, in Juneau, Alaska recently on vacation with his wife and kids. And he says, as they were walking along Juneau, they were thinking, the wife and kids were thinking about the next excursion, the next tourist spot. But, uh, but Phil, a solder smoke listener, was thinking back to our friend Mike KL7R on the Mendenhall Glacier near Juneau, Alaska. Yeah. Um, he uh, he sends along his thanks for solder smoke and report uh, points out that as a side benefit, listening to this show has uh, alerted him to the benefits of using uh, olive oil on bagels. <laughs> Watch out for that olive oil. It's 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 healthier, but it's it's uh, it's packed full of calories. I'm telling you. <laughs> Alan uh, G3WXI was uh, he listens to solder smoke with his wife as she uh, as she was as she sews. So if, uh, if if she's listening, I'll say I'll say hello to Alan's wife. I'm glad you're you're listening in. And his wife uh, deduced from listening to my comments in the last show that I am in the diplomatic service. Indeed, well done. A great deduction. Uh, Alan says he's um, he's going uh, uh, SDR, software defined radio, because uh, software defines radios do not require the visit of his grandson to move equipment around the shack. <laughs> but he says he misses the smells of the old boat anchors, and kind of hints that perhaps we need a special uh, computer card that uh, that generates those smells. Um, there's an idea for some uh, Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, Alan. We'll, uh, we'll pass that along and, uh, uh, and stay tuned. Uh, Roger, K7RXV, um, 
was was in the area in the northern Virginia area recently. I'm sorry I missed you, Roger. Maybe on a future trip. Uh, uh, Tim K I one B G E is a telescope maker. He sent along some pictures of his uh, of his scopes. He grind he grinds his own mirrors. I read about this as a kid and, and realized that I, 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 I this was one of one of the one of those times as a kid where I said, "Man, I am just not going to be patient and careful enough to do that." <laughs> I remember the the articles in the uh, in the uh, amateur science columns of Scientific American and the book C. L. Strong's book, uh, the Amateur Scientist. They always had this they had this great description of how you could grind your own mirror, and I knew I knew deep in my bones that I just did not have the patience and the attention to detail to do this as a twelve or thirteen year old kid, but uh, but. Um, Tim is doing it with great results. The telescopes look great. Thanks for sending that along, Tim. Um, Martin, uh, 2 Echo Zero, Mike Pompa Radio, uh, says he's uh, writes in and enjoys solder smoke. Uh, he's interested in very low frequency and, uh, and through the show has become interested in LT Spice, which he finds addictive. It is indeed addictive. addictive. Martin, uh, we may have to come up with a 12-step program for LT Spice Addicts. Uh, Steve G0FUW sends a link uh, for a rig that promises, uh, quote, hernia-free AM for the thermionically impoverished. (laughs) You get the picture. Thanks for that, Steve. Um, Our friend Moj, uh, Mark Johnson, W8MOJ. Moj is the, the musician the uh, electronic musician who's provided the the theme song for Solder Smoke. And uh, Moj writes in that he, as a result of listening to the program, and I think with the, uh, through the use of the, uh, the, the wonderful kits that, that I mentioned earlier by, by Hans Summers, has uh, gone QRSS. Moj has gone QRSS. Not only that, He's gone a step further. He's gone QRSS with slow felled hell. That mode, you know, that puts the uh, the writing and the images on the screen of the QRSS grabbers. Mode sends me along a uh, a picture of the uh, of of his signal arriving in Pensacola, Florida, at W4HBK's Pensacola snapper grabber, and I don't know if Mode uh, noticed this, but the uh, frequency he was using put his signal directly up on top of my uh, little 20 milliwatt uh, uh, shark fin. Hey, no harm done, Moj. These things happen in the QRSS world, especially now that Hans Summers has gotten so many people involved in this aspect of the hobby. It's getting crowded in that 100 hertz band that we have on 30 meters, but uh, hey, the more the merrier. And uh, was delighted to see the picture of your uh, very fine business QRSS signal. Uh, keep up the good work. We'll see you on the grabbers. Finally, last bit of mail today. Rob, KD7KAR. Rob is, is an airline pilot, and he's uh, carried Solder Smoke, the book, around with him. He says he enjoys it. Got his start in crystal sets uh, a long time ago. Thanks very much for that, Rob, and, uh, and, uh, and, and good luck. I hope you continue to enjoy the book. Keep us posted on your... Uh, on your progress. Okay, uh, that's it. Let's see. I think that about wraps it up. Listen, I, I there was a couple other things that I meant to mention. Now I can't find the page where I wrote them down, so I guess they're going to have to wait 
until next week. One thing though, I need some advice here. Um, my wife has a Sony Vios uh, laptop and uh, it's in, we thought it was in pretty good shape. It's relatively new, but then the uh, all of a sudden the, uh, the display went really bad. I mean, really, really bad, bad, ugly. And I went onto the internet and found out that uh, Sony had some real problems with their NVIDIA graphics cards. And apparently the uh, graphics card has gone toes up and uh, Sony is uh, not being cooperative. They're not going to fix it for us. Now, here's the question. Do any, any of your computer experts out there think it would be possible for me to repair this thing? I'm not going to spend four or five hundred bucks to let Sony fix it or try to fix it. But I'm thinking that it might be there might be a way for me to open this thing up and replace the graphics card. Apparently it's not as easy as just putting one in the uh, the graphics card slot. There may be some soldering involved, but of course that makes the project all the more appealing. Let me know if anybody has any expertise in this area, I'd appreciate your help. And that brings us to the end of this week's uh, solder smoke. What else was I going to tell you? Oh, yes. This is what I meant to mention. Yeah, about uh, Christmas time here. we got a Christmas project uh, coming up. The kids, we've been living in, uh, in small places and apartments for a long time. The kids wanted a dog, so we're getting a dog. The dog has been identified. The dog is on his way. He'll arrive on Christmas Eve. He is a, um, a golden retriever. And he's he's got kind of a white coloring. He's a special kind of golden retriever, not so quite quite so golden, more white colored. And um, we wanted to give him an Italian name, so he will be Cappuccio, which is kind of a slang for a cappuccino coffee. We thought the coloring was similar, and when you're in an Italian cafe, very often you'll you'll just say "Dammi un cappuccio per piacere." You want when you, when you want a cappuccino coffee. So Cappuccio arrives. Uh, on Christmas Eve. The kids are very excited. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll keep you guys posted. That's it for now. I hope all the Christmas shopping goes well, and I hope to have another solder smoke out uh, around the time of Christmas. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see if we can get one together either before the holiday or afterwards. If it's not till afterwards, I wish you all uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, 7-3 from Northern Virginia. Say bye, Maria. Say ciao, bravi ragazzi. Ciao, bravi ragazzi. Molto bene. <laughs>